Converting leads, closing deals, and performing amongst the top salespeople in your industry require more than just talent and experience. Hear from the best as we discuss the proven formulas they use to generate new leads and close deals on the science of business development. Hi, I'm Greg DeKalb, founder of Appointments IQ, co-founder of Tony P's Network and Events, and this is the Science of Business Development. Today, I'm joined by good friend and fellow entrepreneur, Cinzi Salasini. Cinzi has so much experience in digital marketing. I can't wait to dive in and learn more about it. He's coached and trained over 20,000 entrepreneurs worldwide. This guy knows what he's doing when it comes to online advertising. So with that said, Cinzi, how are we doing today? I'm doing well, Greg. How are you? I'm doing excellent. Thank you so much for, uh, for joining me. Really appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me. Awesome, awesome setup, by the way. I appreciate you guys for, uh, for having me here. Yeah. Well, thank you again. And uh, yeah, very interested in learning more about you and online advertising. But what we've all experienced is that there's a lot more that goes into it than what people ultimately see at the end of the day. So you didn't start being a master of online advertising, obviously. So take us back. You know, uh, when do you when do you feel like you started to uh, journey into your entrepreneurial business development career? Yeah, great question. So uh, essentially for me, online advertising came as a, as a necessity, right? Because my first two businesses going back uh, failed miserably because we had the product, right? I was reselling financial services. And uh, what happened was when we were reselling, we thought, okay, once we put it out to the market, right, you think once you put it out there, they will come. But mm-hmm. no one came, right? So now we got to figure <laughs> out, we got to sell this thing. I got to find out how to get customers, right? So I go out, I'm trying, man, I tried newspapers. So I got a newspaper ad. Uh, business card size on the back of a newspaper cost me one seventy-five. Okay. When I put it out there, right, we thought we were going to have this amazing return, right, because we didn't know better. Crickets, right. And then of course went to Groupon, tried that. They wanted fifty percent, right. Didn't want to do that. Tried a few things. Long story short, nothing worked, right. Okay. And then I came across this this cute little thing called Facebook ads, right. <laughs> and I'm um, like, you know what? Let's try this out, okay. right. Made $150 overnight, or like 100 bucks or 150 bucks overnight. And I didn't really make much because I spent so much on ads at that time because I didn't know what I was doing. However, I saw the power behind it, mm-hmm. right? I'm thinking, okay, so I can reach thousands of people from my laptop. And the key was someone bought while I wasn't actually there. Mm-hmm. So as an entrepreneur, you know, if you're listening, you know, light bulb, yep. opportunity. Right. So from there, I took off and ran with it. Right. And then I really dedicated myself to learning Facebook ads, right? Instagram ads, because the reality is there's what, four billion active users every mm-hmm. single month. The power is there. Right? It's just by learning it. That's how I kind of got into it. Started the agency running ads for other people. And then now, of course, we have the accelerator where we teach entrepreneurs how to use ads to get customers. Man, that is uh, that is fantastic. And those are where the best stories come from. Whenever you take a risk and you put your own skin into the game because you're going to really be focused on it. You're going to try to maximize whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. But that's interesting. So you try a lot of different things. You ended up on Facebook advertising, which is amazing. So you said something very interesting where it's like you're doing the advertising and while you're doing different things, the advertising is making the sales for you. Okay. Yep. So if you're an entrepreneur, that's extremely interesting. Oh, yeah. Because entrepreneurs have... Uh, minus whatever bandwidth, <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right? So right. if you can, if we can, if we can help automate that sales process, then you know, by all means, we're gonna we're gonna do it, right? Yeah. So uh, I want to understand a little bit about that. Yeah. Uh, but before we dive into that, 
Okay. Uh, let's take a step back. Let's start to understand a little bit behind. Okay. Why, why business development for you? As far as um, why, because I mean, for me, business development is now advertising. Right? Okay. That is, that is 100% where most of our business comes from. So when you say why business development, for me, it's, it's a sense of, right, let's talk about marketing in general, right? When you look at marketing, it's just a set of activities to mm-hmm. get people to know you and buy from you, right? So you have many options out there. You don't have to advertise on Facebook or Instagram. However, do you want to go door knock, right? Do you want to cold call? You have to market at some point, mm-hmm. right? You have to develop business, right? Business development at some point. So for me, it became the option of, okay, I tried newspaper ads, nothing. Tried calling, nothing. I traveled, went to networking events, worked-ish, but again, that's that's me now manually mm-hmm. developing business, right? There's only one of me. Mm-hmm. So now if I want to scale that out, we're talking about hiring more human capital, right? Which can get expensive. And then on top of that, now you're dealing with other people where there's maybe they, they, they have an off day, mm-hmm. right? Maybe they're having a bad cold calling day, whatever the case may be. But again, my point being, when it comes to marketing, it's really pick your poison, right? How do you want to do it? So for me, coming back to your question, advertising, right? I can get in front of, while someone spends one day, eight hours making, let's say, 400 cold calls, in that eight hours, I can spend a couple bucks online Mm -hmm. and get in front of thousands of people. And the name of the game is your income is directly correlated with the amount of offers that you make. Okay. Period. Right. So when we talk about business development, if you can cold call 400 times, but I'm getting in front of thousands of people, who's made more offers? Right. I have. And on top of that, physically, I'm actually doing something else. Yeah. Right. While the other person's cold calling or whatever else they're using, right? Going to networking events, whatever it may be. So for me, it just became a question of how many people can I get in front of? Okay. Right. Because my income is directly correlated with the amount of offers that I make. So for the listeners listening is if you're not happy with your income, you don't like where it is, just think about it, right? There's, there's science to it. Mm-hmm. How many offers, right? How many people did you ask to buy today? Right. How many people did you say, hey, buy my thing today, my mm-hmm. program, product, service, whatever it may be today? How many people did you ask to buy yesterday? How many people did you ask to buy over the last week? Mm-hmm. If you look at those numbers and look at your income, you'll see a direct correlation. So for me, it was it was it was a no brainer when it comes down to paid ads. Right. I can just get in front of more people faster. Absolutely. And, and the key takeaway there was obviously it is a numbers game. 100%. This is the science of business development. So we're trying to figure out how do we get the most numbers out there to generate the best ROI. And that is that's fantastic what you're doing and what you've experienced with all of that. Um, in terms of the actual advertising piece of it, though, it's it's not something you can just dive into. Yeah. You have to have a little bit of education to it or else you can get really, you can, you can lose a lot of money quickly. Yeah. Okay. So now that we understand that and we know that we need to take this with a little bit of caution before we go all in and go out. Mm-hmm. Okay. There, there's an element of risk involved. Okay. And one of the things I want to understand about our guest is, okay, how do they identify that within themselves whenever they, they're like, okay, I'm a risk taker. Was that in high school? You know, a lot of individuals are in the, in the sports or was it college, whenever, you know? So yeah. for you, when did, when did you realize, okay, you know, I'm a, I'm a risk taker. I, I'm going to be an entrepreneur and business development and advertising is going to be a, a passion. Um, a few questions in there. So yeah. when it comes down to when I knew I was a risk taker, mm-hmm. um, you could say, when I knew for sure that I could put that on paper was once I went on to be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. However, when you look at the things that built up to that moment, you go back to high school, right? College, things mm-hmm. like that. I've always been a problem solver. 
right? Naturally. I've, okay. always, I've always been a tinker. Mm-hmm. You know, like my mom always says, you know, I'm always just getting into stuff and just I'm always touching stuff to fix something, which when you're solving a problem, depending on what the scale is, there's risk involved with that, mm-hmm. right? So when you realize, when I knew I was a problem solver when I was younger, it almost, I, I almost look at it naturally that I became an entrepreneur because when you're a problem solver, typically you start to realize, wait, I can solve this problem and I can get paid for it. Literally entrepreneurship. That's the definition of entrepreneurship. Yes. Right. So, um, you know, you could take it all the way back then. But as far as when I knew for sure that, hey, I, I, I like risk, I can take risk. Right. That was probably when I started my business by myself. And I said, hey, you know what? This is risky, but the payoff is there. Right, the payoff is there. So I guess that could be where it is. Um, if if that answers your question, it, it does. It does, yeah. and it, it opens up a couple other questions. Right. Yeah, so please. tell us a little about uh, about some of the early wins or you know early losses. Those are the things that I draw yeah. from these days. It's like you know wins are good, yeah. but man, and those painful losses. Yeah, yeah. Those are the reminders that keep you keep you on your um, game. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you mean uh. Strictly in business, correct? Yeah, strictly. Well, I mean, sports. You know, if you something like that. Or, um. Well, as far as far as business goes, early on, uh, again, it goes back to what most entrepreneurs struggle with is mm-hmm. even not not being able to even start, not being able to even get into the game mm-hmm. because they had so many false starts, and 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 that really falls into where we had. Our product and service was set. We were excited, right? We put so much time and energy into the product and service, and we thought, you know, when we build it, they will come. Mm-hmm. But then once we were ready to go to the market, crickets, right? Crickets. And that's so deflating, right? And I bet a lot of entrepreneurs who are listening to this can relate, mm-hmm. right? You put something out there. Maybe you make your miraculous Facebook post, right? Oh, yeah. You expect everyone to be as excited as you are. Yep. Crickets, right? Yep. And then on top of that, something I learned as I grew was even when family and friends are supporting you, the only way that people really vote on your product or service is with their dollars. That's it. Interesting. Right. So people can say, I support you. Uh, I'm, I'm rooting for you until someone buys. That's how someone really votes on your product. So I say this because, you know, I had a lot of support. Hey, we're rooting for you. This is this good stuff. No one's buying. Right. That's the real vote of confidence. So you talk about early losses was early on. I, I figured, hey, you know what? We need to go out and get some customers, you know, like mm-hmm. actually it's great to have this, you know, great product service, but if no one knows we exist, we won't be in business for very long, right? That's how people turn, that's how people start to despise and start to, quote, hate their hobbies because they start off with a hobby or, or side hustle, side business, whatever it may be, but then they don't go get customers and they start to hate the hobby because it didn't have payoff, right? right? And that's where I bring up the pain point because I felt that twice, Right. And that's when literally ads came out of that. And naturally, I've always liked to to I've always liked psychology. Right. I've always liked I've always liked understanding how people operate, you know, Mm -hmm. what makes people tick. And for those of you who, you know, tampered with uh, tampered with marketing and hopped in marketing, that's all it is. Yep. Right. And even the students in my program, they know it's about 90 percent. Uh, psychology mm-hmm. and then 10% is what I teach of you know what to actually press the buttons and things like that but it's 90% psychology mm-hmm. so uh, kind of a segue off that was that the, the early losses were literally what put me here was just understanding this thing's out there but I need to get customers yep <laughs> right so I guess that that big problem that big pain point is uh, was a blessing in disguise because now I'm here yeah, no, no, that's 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 fantastic, and yeah. that's a that's a great story. And you brought up a couple of good uh, uh, insights there, and as it relates to business development, sales, marketing, yeah. how it's psychology. And I'm actually uh, in a course right now, 
and that's exactly how we're what we're learning mm-hmm. is we're, we're tying it all together mm-hmm. and something more something very fascinating uh that i would recommend our listeners to look into is the uh, socratic method so just real briefly yeah. uh what that is it's a way of answering questions with the question okay mm-hmm. and then you have a predetermined conclusion in your mind already on what the outcome is going to be of the conversation but instead of you sharing that you lead the individual mm-hmm. by asking questions to their questions and eventually they get the impression that they came up with that idea on their own right you know, <laughs> i know uh i didn't realize it you know i mean obviously you do a lot of people do this naturally and we actually studied that the other day and i just i just found that very profound yeah um and then the other the other piece uh going on the the psychology theme of things is um you mentioned a lot about when do people give you that vote of confidence right you are absolutely right when you are building when you're becoming an entrepreneur you know people are excited for you oh, yeah. yeah yeah go ahead yeah, oh, yeah. you know oh, yeah. and then as you get into the trenches you start to realize okay who are my you know who are the people that i can really count on because it, it is a journey right. and you are putting everything you ever did you know mm-hmm. on the line here mm-hmm. you know uh, if you don't, then you're probably not ready for this journey. You got to be committed to to put it all out there, right. you know. Right. And and there's going to be people that back you, and and people that you're going to find new, you right. know, and and uh, to champion with. Uh, so, but that value of the customer. When do they give you that vote of confidence? And whenever they open up that wallet, right? That's it. Yep, the li- the likes and the comments on Facebook and and th- and LinkedIn that's good and great, but at the end of the day, you have to have revenue to keep the engine moving. Yeah, you know, I mean, and if people want to see that engine keep moving, then you know provide a little bit of revenue. Yeah. So, um, what we've noticed is that the hardest dollar to get out of anybody is that first dollar. First one. It's the first dollar. First one. So it's interesting what we've um, what we've been doing lately uh, to try to help overcome that initial psychology roadblock. Right? It's just create something very simple. Yeah. Where it's you know five ten dollar offering. You know maybe a ticket to something. Mm-hmm. Right? Because the moment they give you permission, they give you that vote of confidence, then you have the opportunity to go and earn their trust. Yep. And and see if you can gather more vote of that vote of confidence. Yep. So in in that regard, yeah, help us understand, you know, how do you, how do you lead people down that journey? You obviously have some um, people in your orb that you know would be amazing business partners, but you just haven't got that vote of confidence out of them yet. You know? So, so your question is, um, looking for business partners or looking for someone to pay you as a customer? Uh, both. Okay. So, I mean, uh, as, as far as the customer side of things, because of course I'm the right customer acquisition guy. Right. So, so as far as the uh, customer acquisition portion of it, mm-hmm. when when you're looking to take someone from a complete stranger mm-hmm. to a customer, there there's a few things that you have to do that a lot of people I see online don't do. Right. They come straight out of the gate offering. Right. Hey, buy my thing. Hey, buy this. Hey, buy that. But what you have to realize is the law of reciprocity. Right. Give and then ask. Mm-hmm. Right. So what you want to do is you want to give value up front, mm-hmm. but also be be human about it, right? And I'm talking now advertising online specifically because people don't go online to see your ads. Like that's just the reality of it, right? Mm-hmm. I, and, and and I know this. So we have to come up, like, I mean, you've seen our ads before. It's mm-hmm. it's personable and I'm giving value and then there's an ask, mm-hmm. right? So when it comes to getting someone to pay you 
or getting someone to give you that vote of confidence as a customer, they have to, again, because they don't know you, right? You, you have to provide value up front mm-hmm. for them to build that know and like factor. And then, of course, your offer has to now bring it home to get that trust factor. And now they pay you that first five, seven, ten dollars, whatever it is, right? Or you can go with us and we have a higher ticket offer, right? But either way, you have to give that value up front. Okay. And that's where a lot of entrepreneurs miss the point is because um, a lot of business owners that I work with, I ask them, how are they building their business? It's through referrals, right? And there's nothing wrong with referrals. However, when you build your business on referrals, your business at some point will start to look like this, mm-hmm. right? Because you're, you're really just order taking, right? Someone's already built that no like, and trust factor for you. You're just really collecting the check, right? You have to kind of close the deal. It's, it's hard to mess up a referral and not close the deal because someone's already built that for you, mm-hmm. right? But when you're advertising to a cold market, people who don't even know you exist in the internet space, you have to provide value up front. Right. Because that's when they say, oh, that Greg guy, you know, that podcast was great. Love this. What else he got going on? Mm-hmm. Right. Let me, let, me see, see, let, me, let me see what I can buy on the back end from him. Yeah. Right. To see what he's got going on. That's how you see these, these, these large brands winning online mm-hmm. is because they provide so much value up front. And then, of course, that translates to being paid on the back end. Yeah, I know it, it is interesting because those large brands o- over the years, they have realized, okay, there's going to be some sunk costs on the upfront up here. But we, we realize that once we get our marketing game going, mm-hmm. we'll have a base of trust, et cetera. And going back to the risk piece of it, you know, entrepreneurs, it's kind of like, okay, how much do I have to invest to, to establish some of that trust factor, you know, to make sure that I'm not just spinning my wheels. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it is all about the numbers and the ads and everything yeah. else. Um, let's take a second off of the numbers, right? Yeah. And let's think about the creative piece of it for a moment. Oh, go ahead. We'll, we'll, we'll leave it to that point, right? So a lot yeah. of people think um, providing value means you will you will lose out on the front end. Okay. Because right? maybe, maybe a lot of people are thinking it's something free, right? You can give something low ticket that is a high value. Okay. Right? So for example, um, my class that I teach, right? It's free, but we can we can charge for that class. I mean, you sat on it. There were, we we give. Excellent. Yep. I give the gauntlet, right? I teach yep. you from everything from how to get how to get someone who doesn't know you all the way to being a customer mm-hmm. for completely free, right? We can charge for that masterclass, which we have in the past. However, when I give that for free, that's the game plan. Mm-hmm. You hop on the class. You see, oh my goodness, I got this free value. What's going to happen when I pay him? Right. Right. So. At, at the end of the day, what people can also do is provide something that has high value for just a lower ticket, right? We can charge five, seven dollars for that class, and people would still register for it, right? Because it, you are going to get that much value out of it. Yep. So even the individuals who may be running ads and may think, "Oh, well, I don't have enough money to lose on the front end like that," offer something low ticket that has a high value, right? Right. So, and, and on top of that, of course, say that in your ads, right? Mm-hmm. Let people know, yes, I'm charging you seven dollars for this thing. However, it's really cost, you know, it really goes for two, three, four hundred, whatever it may be, right? Mm-hmm. So so the individual knows, okay, this guy's really or this girl's really giving me value by only selling this thing for five to seven dollars mm-hmm. when it's really worth this much. And then of course make sure you deliver on that promise too and make sure that they're blown away so they can buy more from you on the back end. See how you can prove value. Yep. Givers gain. Mm-hmm. Give, give, give. Yep. You know, and then you're ask. Yep. And you actually said something earlier that was kind of interesting. It's like you're not going to get any of the sales that you don't ask for. Right. You know, and, and I like your KPI where it's like, I want to see how many offers I can get out in a day That's the because game. the more offers I get, the more yeses and nos I get. Right. And only the yeses matter. Right. You know, no one remembers the nos. No, no one, no one remembers the nos. <laughs> right. Um, 
So now you're Facebook advertising, you're promoting your class, your master class, the instant advantage accelerator so now people are going and they're receiving value they're sitting in on the class they're learning some good tidbits you're giving a tremendous amount of value okay now help us understand what's happening in the back end with the data and the follow-up because yep. i attended and i know every day i'm i'm getting a hello from cinzy so oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and i like it it's great content you yeah. so there's a whole plan and a whole track that yep. you've put these listeners on yeah. and that's what so help us understand that how do you develop that yeah um as far as the the technology side you know we can sit here all day and talk about the tech however the strategy behind mm -hmm. it is it's it's simple in order for someone to give you money right to pay you dollars they have to know you like you and trust you right we all know that that's like the klt principle right they have to know you like you trust you so what we do to get people to understand our education program is for me the best way to do that is to just show value up front mm -hmm. right and what is that i'll teach a free class and from that class don't get me wrong people have gotten results great results yeah. just from taking the free class however those individuals are the first ones to say hey i want to enter the marketing accelerator right okay. because your free program your your free class what i learned from you was just mind-blowing and mm -hmm. i actually went and made a few sales yeah right so and, and again also what we're doing is we're also building um Call it call it loyal customers, okay. right? People who actually learn something on on the front end, and then as far as what you're asking on the back end with the follow up is you see there's an entire email sequence on the back yes. end, right? There's an entire you see ads following that, right? Because you got to understand there's different layers to it, right? So there's know you, like you, trust you, and then the trust section is when they buy from you, right? So we have ads for each section once you pass a certain threshold okay. to push you to that next step, right? To push you to that next step, push you to that next step, and then eventually, of course, become a paying customer if it makes sense for you, right? So essentially, that's what's happening on the back end is once you, once you are introduced to our brand, our business, you're going to learn something. Okay. Right? Everyone learns something. And then if it makes sense for you, you go deeper with us. If it makes sense for you, you go deeper with us. And eventually, you'll you'll buy one of our programs and then I'll become part of the family. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Become part of the family. Yeah. Um, so this is a real example. Yep. We, we've talked a little bit. Yep. Um, actually, before we get into that, yeah, yeah. I, want, I want to talk about the ad that I'm always seeing for you. Yeah. You've got this masterclass, the instant advantage marketing accelerator. Yep. One of the ads that I keep seeing, it's a, it's a really nice ad. It's you standing by a stage. I, I get the impression that you might've just gotten done with, with doing a, uh, a presentation to yep. a large group of yep. people, and now it's kind of like calming down, yeah. chill type of moment. Yeah. For me, it doesn't look like anything particularly yeah. special, but I have a feeling that there's something going on there that I'm not seeing. There is, there okay. is. And um, first off, great observation, okay. great observation. Um, the reason that that's actually one of our highest performing ads. I know exactly the one really? you're talking about. That's one of our highest performing ads. Okay. And the reason being is because what you have to remember is these platforms are social platforms, okay. right? So when a lot of people think of advertising, and this is a great note for your listeners, is um, I know sometimes we'll do some high production stuff and you know, you'll see this big production thing, but those actually aren't our highest performing ads. Really? Because okay. remember, it's social media, right? Okay. So what people are going on there to see is family, right? Someone just getting married, uh, you know, new babies coming in, Christmas photos, uh, you know, politics, et cetera, et cetera. So when you show up with this thing that screams, I'm an ad, they scroll right past it. Mm -hmm. However, okay. that, that exact image was taken on a cell phone camera. Really? Okay. So it blends in with the newsfeed. 
Does that make sense? Uh, it does. So, so when, when, when that happens, just psychologically, someone thinks, oh, this is cool. It must have been one of my friends or something. It just it blends in with the feed, so it works out so well. I like it. Right. Okay. Yeah. It's just it's yeah. It's obvious. Exactly. It's it's obvious, and that's why exactly. it's great. It literally blends in as if it's a regular post. Wow. Right? Okay. However, I mean, if you look at it, you'll see sponsored at the top left. Yes. So it's an ad, but the reason it performs so well is because it does not scream, "I'm an ad." It just screams like, "Hey, I'm just talking to you regularly here," but I have a call to action at the end. <laughs> hey. You know, you, you're going to give, you got to ask, right. right? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So, so this is a uh, very interesting, yeah. uh, for a number of different reasons. Yeah. So as we kind of discuss, and I know we've had a couple conversations, yeah. you know, offline after the masterclass, um, where we, as a business appointments, IQ and Tony P's networking events, etc., uh, we're putting together a lot of networking events. We've launched our virtual networking events, right? And we're promoting it, we're advertising it, and we're trying to, you know, crack that, you know, crack that code, if you will, mm -hmm. right? And we've definitely have stepped up the game, you know, from from the first couple of times we've had a conversation, mm -hmm. from just doing a blanket Eventbrite ad, yeah. you know, sign up type of thing, to now it's like, okay, now we're starting to look at different audiences, we're starting to line up different pieces of creative that speak to those different audiences or what have you. So, um, I'll give you a quick update on where we're at right now. And then, yeah, if you don't mind, you know, help me understand, yeah. you know, what, what the next steps might look like for us. Yeah. Because I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs and people that are experimenting are in a very similar place right now yeah. as far as like, okay, this is where, this is where the really, the risk really comes in and, and the dollars really come in. Okay. Right, right. So we're investing dollars. Mm -hmm. We got three different ads going on. We're mm -hmm. promoting our Tony P's virtual networking event. One ad is designed to speak to, to an audience that does not know us at all, mm -hmm. okay? So we use images of famous people. We have a scene from Billions, which is a popular show. You know, that the thought process that draws people in, and then they learn about Tony P's networking events, mm -hmm. okay? The next ad we have, the next audience, is we are targeting people that like our page and people that are friends of those people, okay? So they're, they're familiar with... Um, Tony, myself, Shana, you know, but maybe they don't know who our featured speaker is. So what we've done is we've created a scenario where it's the three of us, but the featured speaker is kind of the spotlight. Yeah. So what we're doing is we're trying to tie this featured speaker into us and then, but also give them more or less the spotlight of things. Yeah. Okay. And then the last and final ad strategy that we're working on is for people that like our page, yeah. you know, they've been with us, you know, uh, what have you. They know us, they trust us, like us, at least we think they do. Right, right. Hopefully. <laughs> well, we're working on we're working on surveys. Yeah, that yeah. should be interesting yeah. when those come out. Uh, but at any rate, for this particular ad in this particular audience, we're just focused on the featured speaker. Yeah. Okay. And maybe a little Tony P branding and a little bit of, you know, where to go and register type of thing. Yeah. All right. Because the thought process, they know us. Why take up any any space on the content? let's promote the featured speaker because this is what's unique and what's different. Yeah. Now all this sounds well and good, but when I was running these ads, um, the simple thing to do was just to hit boost. Yeah. And I put the same amount of dollars behind each ad Yeah. and, and I'm seeing a return on investment. You know, I mean, there's definitely engagement. I'm seeing tickets, you know, people signing up and things like yeah. that. But when I was doing all that and when I was getting into like the ad center of Facebook, I mean, I'm seeing a whole 
control board here, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I got to admit, I'm a little overwhelmed at looking at all these levers mm-hmm. and everything else and these mm-hmm. graphs or what have you. Mm-hmm. And basically Facebook is like, oh, you don't have to worry about all that. Just hit this button boost and you're good yeah. to go. So I get the feeling, though, that's not best practices. Yeah. I mean, there's there, there's a lot to unpack there. Okay. Um, I mean, first things first, what you want to understand is when there's a button that's available to the general public, that should be a red flag. Okay. Right. So if, if, that, if that boost button is available to everybody and people are winning heavily, there's, there has to be something behind it, right? We, I mean, when, when everyone takes one path, you understand, okay, that, that should be a little bit fishy, right? Right. Okay. So there's nothing wrong with the, face, with the Facebook boost button. Um, however, it's, it's, not the, it's not the best way to optimize your ads okay. when it comes to you know, data and really just the targeting options on the back end of the ads manager like we spoke of. And for those of you who don't know, uh, Facebook has an entire back end, right? So we're talking about what normal, the regular person uses on Facebook is their Facebook profile, right? So we're talking posting about your friends, looking at your family, et cetera, et cetera. There's another whole other side of Facebook, which is really where Facebook makes their money is from advertisers, right? So it's called the Facebook business back end, right? So this is where you use a page to advertise to people on Facebook. And they partner with many companies, so you can advertise on those platforms too, but let's talk about mainly Facebook. So with what you're doing, uh, using the boost button isn't the greatest use of your dollars. Okay. Uh, it's kind of like similar to, for those of you who are on Instagram, it's it's similar to that promote button on Instagram. Uh, by the way, also Instagram and Instagram, excuse me, Facebook owns Instagram. Okay. So when I say Facebook ads, just think Instagram as well. So with what you guys are doing, um, great job starting off by really splitting up the audiences because each audience has a different message, right? Cold audience, you're more introducing yourself or introducing your offer, giving value, et cetera. And then warm and hot audience is more so where you're making that offer, right? Making the actual offer. So great job on splitting that up. Now, I don't know exactly what your ads say if you're actually changing up the messaging. Okay. Because remember, people are in different parts of that journey, right? So we need to give them a different message with the same objective but a different message. So that'd be the first point is okay. in the ad itself, what's the messaging? What's the copy? Right. What's, what's, okay. what's, what's the ad copy, right? The writing in the, in, uh, in, in the ad itself. Now, my question to you is how much have you spent and what's the objective with the ad? Interesting. What, what's, okay. what, what's, what's the objective? What do you want the people to do? Right. So for this particular instance, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, the spend we did something very modest, yep. fifty dollars behind each yep. ad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a it's a free virtual networking event. Yeah. So yeah. the ask is for people to sign up, register, register, and attend the event. Yes. Got it. So right now you ran it for a few days. You said you spent mm-hmm. about one fifty. Yep. Uh, what's your cost per registration? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. I need to, I need to crunch some of those numbers. So there it goes, right? Yeah. And, and and this is a great this is a great teaching point because um I'll have a lot of people who will say. Facebook ads don't work for me. Oh, right. That, that stuff doesn't yeah. work, right? Oh, I tried it, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, great. And then I'll start asking questions, mm-hmm. right? So let me get some more information. What did you do? How, how did it work? And then I'll hear, I don't know, I don't know. And I'm thinking, okay, that's the key. It's not that the ads don't work. Right. It's usually, and this isn't, this, this isn't on you, this, this, is, this is on everybody, is it's typically the individual who doesn't know how to actually read the data and then adjust from there, right? So that's why we're having these types of conversations is once you have your once you have your cost per registration, mm-hmm. then you can look at it and say, okay, I'm paying X per registration. Do I like this, Kate? Do I like this return? Right, okay. And that's when you make the decision, right? If I don't like it, okay, where am I tweaking things? Okay. And then that's where we dive into the ads manager. Okay. And even in the program, I, Facebook will give you so much data 
you only need to look at about 40 to 20 to 40 percent of it. Oh, wow. Right? Okay. So it looks confusing. Yeah. But what I teach is just the 20 to 40 percent that you actually need to look at. Okay. Right. You, you can go down the rabbit hole, but yep. there's only certain KPIs, certain numbers, certain metrics that you really need to look at to determine the health of a campaign. Okay. Right. So that's where when we dive in and if you tell me my cost per registration right now, let's just say it's 50 bucks per registrant, right? So you, you I'm just saying, I'm just yeah. putting it high, right? Yeah. Let's say you say it's 50 bucks per registrant. Now we go, okay, where is the system breaking? Mm-hmm. Now we can actually go in there and critically think and then adjust accordingly, like right? So, yeah. so that's why um, when I hear a lot of people say, you know, ads don't work and I start actually asking what happened, I said, well, it's not the ad, right? It's, it's not the ad. It's just we don't know how to read the data to now make our changes to make it run better next time. I like that. Right. I like and it. It's, it's, it's not it's the ad. Movie. Right. It's not you. It's not the platform. Right. It's the data. We, well, we gotta, blame we, it on the data. Well, we got to look at the data <laughs> and now critically think and say, okay, this is our data. Okay, now what do I do with this data? Right. It's the critically thinking portion of it. Right. It, exactly. Yeah. And, I, and I, make, I make a joke out of it yeah. because that's, that's whole. That's the whole foundation of this and uh, what we're doing here. The right. science of business development. Right. And and we talk about science. Yep. The first thing you need for science is data. One hundred percent. And then you need to make it reliable data. Yeah. That then you can make decisions on. And that's right. what we're trying to figure out. Is okay. It's one thing to do experiments and do advertisements, right? Mm-hmm. But you got to understand what you're doing so that you can read the data after the fact. And like you were saying, you can make those necessary adjustments. Right. Okay. And thank you for for sharing that with me. And yeah, you know, that's kind of what I was expecting. I knew, I knew when I saw that, that I knew I was going to take a shortcut here and I knew I'd bring it up and I knew I'd, I'd learn a little bit. So thank you for sharing that. Well, I mean, with that though, you guys are doing what you're supposed to be doing, right? Is is you, you, you threw money at something, Yeah. you got back data and now you're asking the right question. Why didn't it work? Right. Right. So you guys are actually doing the right thing of saying, okay, I, I did this. This is what I got back. Why didn't this work? Most people will do that, run it. And say, ah, it doesn't work. Well, no. It, it, in our case, yeah. it's we did that. Yeah. It worked, but why did it work? Or even Not better, that it right? didn't work. <laughs> even better. It's like, how do we make this work more? Right, right. You know? So, um, yeah. So, in, in, in that respect, right? Yeah. Um, let's talk about something that you're, you know, your world and what you're doing, you know, and uh, because that obviously we want to with Tony P's networking events and what I'm experimenting yeah, yeah. with, with yeah. the Tony event, we want to get to where you're at. Yeah. Right. Because you obviously, you have a whole plan for business development in terms of Facebook advertising, doing the sales up front for you to getting people to attend the master class, to get them excited, to giving them value. And then a whole sequence of following up beyond that. Right. Yeah. So obviously within that though, you have a lot of different audiences. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about the creative yeah. and we talked about the the natural and how it's 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 great because it's obvious. Yeah. Okay. So was that geared towards a particular type of audience? And then you mentioned something earlier in terms of like really high production ads, you know? And what audience do you gear that towards? Yeah, I mean that, that's a great question. So to to make this um of course make a little more sense mm-hmm. for your audience as well. For an ad to run well, you can have the best production, you can have the best image, video, copy, whatever it may be. But if you're showing it to the wrong people, yep, it's going to fall flat on its face. Okay. And if it somehow converts, it won't convert again, right? Lightning doesn't strike twice. So with that being said, just to give people some, uh, just to give people some, uh, some, 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 some context, when it comes to the back end of Facebook, there is a, there is a robust 
targeting uh, experience back there. You can target people based on their demographics, you know, age, gender, et cetera. But then also what's even deeper, you can target people based on their psychographics, mm -hmm. which is their interests, their mm -hmm. behaviors, right? So you're, if, if you're targeting someone who is interested in fitness, but is a full-time uh, full worker, right? Let's say, uh, let's say a dad who's a full-time employee who's interested in fitness, right? That's your niche market. You can actually go back there and target those people. So I want to give your audience a bit of context when we're, when nope. we're diving here's in. That, here's that word psychology again. Right. You know? Exactly. So, so, so what we do, as far as us internally, is we understand, okay, what's our business at, at, at its core? Is we help people use advertising to get customers. Yep. Period. Right. So we have a robust amount of audiences. But at the end of the day, we are targeting individuals who may run a business, who may run multiple businesses, or even some individuals will come to us and just say, hey, I'm looking for a side hustle. Hey, I'm looking to start a new business. Can I learn what you have and offer it as a service? Right. Because mm -hmm. in my opinion, I think this is the most lucrative skill set on the planet. Right. If you have the ability to take a laptop and turn strangers into customers, you mm -hmm. will you get to write your own check. Right. Your, 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 your potential is endless because what are businesses always going to need? Customers. Yep. And if you can be that linchpin to help mm -hmm. them get customers, you're always going to be in business. Abs right? Absolutely. So, yep. so, 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 so to answer your question, essentially, uh, who, who are we targeting is what I heard more so. Who are we targeting? Yeah. Well, a couple of different, uh, a couple of uh, strategies be behind a couple of different, yeah. you know, pieces of creative and yeah. give us kind of an example. Okay. Well, this, you know, natural stage ad. Yeah. It's geared to people that uh, already know me. Yeah. And and I'm just reminding them and drawing them in, right? Yeah. And maybe like the high production ad, you know, is, yeah. is geared to this group that doesn't know me at all yeah, and yeah. they need they need credibility. Yeah. You know? So if you can help us understand yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah. about some of the strategies you use to promote the master class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um as far as that goes, I mean even even outside of the master class, any sort of advertising we do, uh, we are always, always, always testing. Okay. Right. And, I, and I'm going to say that up front is, of course, we have a framework to what works. High production works better with cold audiences as far as getting them to see kind of the entertaining factor. Mm -hmm. But from a conversion standpoint, it, it's it's not the greatest for us. Right. Okay. However, you know, for us, it's more of like a brand building thing. Right. right. We, we like we just have fun with it. Mm -hmm. Right. But um, also we understand what we're doing on the back end with it. Got it. However, when it comes down to the warm audiences, which uh, just for perspective again, right, cold, they don't know you. Warm, they may know you. Right, hot, they're really about to buy where they've bought from you before. Uh, when it comes to warm and hot audiences, the only thing that really changes is the message. Okay. Right, the creative we play with across the board. Okay. I mean, we have creatives across the board. We, we play with everything. But the only thing that really changes is the copy, right, the message. Okay. Because you got to understand that person's in a different cycle with you, right? They're a different place of their journey. So for example, if someone is, is, is in the hot stage where they're really about to buy, mm -hmm. I can't show them a cold ad that says, Hey, I'm Senzi. This is what I do. It doesn't, it, it, it doesn't make sense, right? It's actually a waste of money. So, right. So as far as to answer your question goes on the creative side, mm -hmm. we, we test across the board, right? Okay. We'll test images that are just from a camera phone. We'll test high, pro, um, uh, high, high production. Um, but the only thing that really changes again, yeah, is, is just a body copy. Wow. Wow. Now does, that, does that help? No, 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 no. It absolutely helps. Yeah. Um, so it's not really about the image and the creative. It's yeah. more about the copy because the image is going to bring them in. And now it's kind of like, okay, what's going to ultimately make them sign up, right. get interested or accept? Well, well, let me say this. When it comes to the creative, you do want it to be thumb stopping. And by thumb stopping, I mean, you do want them to say, oh, what is this? Right. So for example, the picture we, uh, the, the picture we spoke about earlier, mm -hmm. 
that's a thumb stopping image. There, there's one ad that we run, which is still one of our highest performing ads is it's an image of me, uh, in the middle of speaking. So yeah. like my, my mouth is crooked. I'm, I'm literally in the middle of like, Oh, uh, you gotta most, love those thumbnails. Right, I'm in the middle of this, of this intense statement. Right. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> I said, you know what? Test it. We tested it. It performs so well. I right? love it. Authenticity, it, man. It, that's yeah. the thing. I mean, but that's the piece, right? Where I do want to bring it back to the individuals who may be uh, starting in ads and they may think, you know, I got to have this high production thing. I promise you, if you have a cell phone that was made after 2010, right? Just with a camera on it, right? Samsung, Apple, whatever else is out there. As long as it has a good camera on it, go get a, you know, quick and here's some tactical tips, guys, tactical tips, your phone, you're fine. Go get a tripod from Amazon for like 15, 19 bucks, however much they are. Go get a lavalier mic from Amazon for about 15, maybe 12 bucks, right? Really simple tactical stuff for under 50 bucks. You can create an ad, right? A video ad isn't, isn't necessary if you're just getting started, or if you're not comfortable on video, however, I will say this, the people who go on video are the people who are going to win long-term wow. because the game at the end of the day is to build trust and video builds trust so much more than an image because now you're catching, right? My tonality, you're, 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 you're catching my body movements. You're catching my mannerisms. You're catching my tone, right? So video will always win, but I also understand some people may be scared to go on video, but again, going back to the main point is get your phone, get a tripod, get a lavalier mic. It's under 50 bucks total. You can get an ad together today as soon as you're finished listening to this podcast. And that's some tactical stuff for you. That, that, that's great. And what, uh, one of the other things that we're studying with the science of business development are all the different touch points out there, yeah. you know, and I guess whenever I got my, my days started with, with sales, they always told us, Hey, seven touch points, seven touch points. Yeah. And I think like five years ago, you know, with, uh, social media really becoming mainstream and yeah. what have you. Then people are like 13 touch points, 13 touch yeah. points, you know? And now I, I, I had somebody tell me the other day, it's like, Oh man, it's over 20 touch points. Now if you want yeah. somebody, it's like, Holy cow, what do you, how do you, how do you do this? Yeah. And, and the way you do that is content and very interesting pieces of content. Yeah. We we're complex, you know, there's a lot of different sides to us, yeah. you know? And, those different sides are going to resonate with different audiences, yep. you know? Yep. So it behooves you to, you know, convey those different, um, messages. you know, messages. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, someday, one day, uh, if you're, if you're trying to reach a more studious, studious, uh, audience, you know, yeah. maybe you're wearing glasses and things like that, right. a little bit more buttoned up or right. what have you. If you're talking to the entrepreneur out of, out of San Francisco or something right. like that, uh, right. you know, flip flops might be appropriate. Right. And, and at the end of the day too, I mean, I mean, to that point is as long as, as long as you're being authentic, right. right. Because the last thing you want, and this is why, you know, if you see my ads, the last thing I want is to be presented as someone else in an ad. Mm -hmm. If I'm not, you know, messing around or joking or something like that. Uh, but to be presented as something else in an ad, and then when you show up to my coaching calls or you show up and we meet one-on-one -on -one or wherever it may be, right. I'm a completely different person, right? Because I've been fortunate enough to meet some of the people who I looked up to growing up. Mm -hmm. And when you meet some of them in person, it's a whole, whole different ballgame. And I'm like, man, this is, this is not what I thought. <laughs> and, and, I, and I never want to be that person. But also to that point, you want to be as, as authentic right. as possible, right? right. And to, to the other point you made is uh, the, the importance of content, right? Content is is currency in today's okay. world, right? Because attention is is the ultimate currency right now yeah. if, if you're a business owner, right? Yep. Because attention typically goes to money, right? Look yep. at any of the largest companies in the world. Another technical step for you, look at any of the large companies in the world. 
go to googletrends.com, right? Go to Google Trends, look up their name, and then go look up how much revenue they made. As their name was trending, their revenue was right behind it. Yep. Right? So attention is currency. And to that point, for the people who are thinking, oh, I don't know about content. I'll start next week. I'll start next month. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I, I promise you. Who would you rather go to, right? If you're going to go to the dentist or the chiropractor, or whatever it may yeah. be, the guy or gal who just has their shop on Google and just says, hey, we're at a dentist's office. Come on in. Come check us out. Or the dentist who has a video of their office, right? A video of a walk through their office. They're giving a demo of how it goes to write content. Same thing right. like a restaurant, right? If we go to a restaurant, we go to a new city, me and you, what's the first thing we're doing when we're looking for food if we're at a new restaurant? We're going to Google it, right? right? Food near me. If we see restaurant A with just maybe a couple images, one or two, restaurant B has a video footage of, you know, the, the, the food coming out, the, mm-hmm. the ambiance, the energy, the drinks. Right. Where are we going to go? Right. With the video. Right. Right. Because the question is, do you want to buy food or do you want to have an experience? Exactly. And everyone wants an experience. Right. That's, that's the reason we spend money to go out is for the experience. Right. Because right? you can get food at, the, food at Walmart, the grocery store. We pay for the experience. Right. And at the end of the day, like you said, with content, it's so important. It's so important, right? Because people now are making decisions online, mm-hmm. right? Especially with what's going on in the world today. The, the the ability to make decisions online has become so much. We've really just shortened time, right? Over time, people are starting to trust the internet, trust the internet. But with the world the way it is now, people are actually thoroughly making buying decisions on the internet. So, so that's interesting, and I don't, I don't mean to interrupt. Yeah, yeah. But, but we go back to those twenty touch points. Yeah. So, what if we were able to get nineteen of those touch points automated, right? Yeah. And the the last touch point is maybe the phone call or something like that, right? Right. right. So, and then we go back twenty years, and they say, well, you have to have seven touch points. Well, what were those touch points? You have to drop by the office. Right. You got to go knock on the door. You got to make right. make the phone call. Yeah. Drop the cookies. I've been there. So now it's like, wait a second here, twenty. Depending on how you look at it, twenty touch points, that's that's a good thing because guess what? If you know how to do it, you could automate a lot of that. Oh, yeah. They are going they could they are gonna feel like they know you oh, yeah. by the time you actually get on the conversation oh, yeah. and and you work with them. Right. You know? And, yeah. And, and and I mean to that point too, by the time they get on the phone with you, yeah, you're just more so answering questions. That's true. Right. Yeah. So and I give this example, I believe in in maybe the class you set on, maybe I didn't, but I give this example of when you're running ads online, content online, whatever it may be, most people when they get on the phone, if you if you if they don't know you prior, they've got their dukes up, right? They're yeah. Like, hey, you know what's going on here? You know what, what what's going on? But then when they've seen you online, mm-hmm. they've maybe seen your ads, they've seen your content, they've seen whatever it may be. When they get on the phone, they almost feel like they know you. Yep. Right. I mean, I've had so many conversations where people will get on the phone with me, and we're already signing the deal within minutes, right? Because they already know everything about what I offer, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the power of content. And I know, especially if you're just getting started, it may be a pain to create, but you're, you're, you're literally laying the foundation for not only the future, because it's gonna sit online, it's an, it's an asset. Mm-hmm. It's gonna sit online for forever, but then also you're, you're building that trust while you're not even there. So by the time you're ready to make that sale, whatever it may be, it's so much easier to make and it's so much of a smoother conversation. And those are the best customers because they're loyal for long term because they feel like they know you already. A- a- absolutely. And, and to that end, you know, you're providing this value in education. Right. And if people want to tune in, uh, you can YouTube you or Google you. Right. I mean, right. you right. have a ton of valuable content yeah. out there. Yeah. So people can easily familiarize themselves yeah. with you. Um, and then, like you said, it's all about ultimately 
you want to get that vote of confidence of with that dollar, you know? So, so they're, they're watching, they're engaged with your content and these type of things. Right. Yeah. So let's talk about how we keep them engaged. Right. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I haven't experimented with just yet, but I know it's extremely effective and popular is retargeting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, in uh, I'm not sure if this is a strategy that you that you're currently using for your for yourself, but I'm sure there's something that you teach and coach on. So help us understand how that works a little bit and the value of gathering that data yep. and when it makes sense to, you know, retarget these people and to get them across the goal line right away, right away. Okay, Re- so we're not we're not messing around. That's Re- part of that's part of the strategy. It's the whole game. Ah, it's the whole game. Okay, because the reality is, like you said, t- what two percent of people will buy the first time. Two percent. That means other. Let's say a hundred people. Two percent of people will buy the first time. Mm-hmm. Those other ninety-eight. That's opportunity. Okay. They already know you. Okay. You just got to get them down the path to like and trust you. Got it. As opposed to going out to chase another hundred people to get two more sales. That makes no sense. Okay. Right? So, retargeting is the whole game. It, it and for the audience, I kind of yeah. Oh, let's retargeting. Give them context. Yeah. Let's yeah. give them context. Okay. So, what as far as retargeting goes, right? Let's go back a little bit. When someone sees your ad for the first time. Um, they may engage with it. They may like it, comment on it. They, they may click to your offer, go to your thing, whatever you're selling, right? However, here's where a lot of people and business owners go wrong when they're advertising, but also just in general, right? When someone lands on your offer, right? Okay. Lands, on, lands on your website, whatever it may be, and they bounce, right? When, okay. When we say bounce, that means in, 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 in my nerdy language, <laughs> bounce means they land on the page, they don't take action, they leave, right? They go back oh. into the internet space. So they could be on it for 30 seconds? If even, and they just bounce, right? Got so it. we call that like how many people bounced, right? It just says, okay. right, 100 people landed on the page, on your offer, whatever it may be, but then, you know, 98 people bounced, which means they didn't uh, take an action. Okay. What a lot of people think is those 98 people are gone into the internet for forever, right? However... When you're doing Facebook as the right way, you have the ability to get back in front of those people. Okay. Right. Specifically. So that's where that's what we call retargeting. Right. So for so for context for everyone out there, retargeting is simply uh, getting back in front of your audience. Right. That's really what we mean. Yep. No, that fantastic. And thank you for for clarifying yep. that and what have you. And it's interesting because you mentioned that this that is the game is yep. the retargeting because guess what we we go back to those touch points again, right? Yep. This is how this is how you expedite those touch points because right. now you're just serving those ads, different right. ads to that to that target audience, yeah. um, and eventually it's just a matter of time. If you yeah. have the right offer and, yeah. you're, and you're providing the value, then you then you will eventually uh, convert yeah. them. I mean, I mean, one of the things I teach early, early on in my program is you want to start closest to the money, right? Okay. You want to start closest to the money. What do I mean by that? For example, let's go back, you know, 10, 12 years ago, 10, 15 years ago, or let's go, let's let's, let's go back fifty years ago when you're cold calling. If you're cold calling, door knocking, whatever the case may be, if you're starting every day with a whole new list of individuals, mm-hmm. you're not going to go anywhere. Got it. At least very far. However, if you spend the first day knocking on 10 doors or making 100 cold calls, but then your next day you revisit the maybe 50% that were interested and they, they, they didn't really show too much, but they said, hey, call me back. Hey, come back. Then you're going to start to make some headway. Mm-hmm. But if you go, if you hit a new audience every single day you won't get very far, right? So that's that's the example now that you just take that concept, right? And to, you take that concept and put it online, right? So you show a thousand people your ads or a hundred people your ads, whatever it may be, and then you revisit those same people who were interested, right? So that's really just another term of, 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 of retargeting. It's not this new concept. It's more so just taking what you used to do, right? Cold calling, whatever it may be, 
but you're just now revisiting those same people who were semi interested, except again, with the internet, you can do it automatically. Right. Yeah, it, it, exactly. Um, no, and that, that's great. So in terms of retargeting, yeah. okay. Um, I know that's another level yeah. of interacting with the interface. Yeah. Right. So just real briefly, can you help us understand, okay, you got this list of people that have visited your site. You got a contact list, yeah. email addresses, et cetera. Okay. Right. Real briefly. How does that ultimately get into Facebook? Yeah. And then behind the scenes, how do we post an ad and get out to those people? Yeah. So if you have, I mean, there's, there's multiple ways to go about retargeting. Yeah. Uh, number one is like you just mentioned, right? Mm -hmm. If you have a list of past customers, leads, whatever the case may be, you can upload that list into Facebook's back. Okay. And then what Facebook does is it works its magic and it goes out and finds those people, right? Based wow. on what you give it. And when it finds those people, puts them in an audience. Mm -hmm. And then in that audience, you simply choose that audience and you run ads to them. Right. So you wow. can say, hey, it's Greg here. Saw you listen to my podcast, X, Y, Z. Then you go into your ad. Right. So they'll say, oh, it's that it's that it's that it's that Greg guy. I saw him. How did he fight? Right. Now you're going into your ad. However, there's also another way to retarget people, which is based on engagement. Mm -hmm. Right. So if someone engages with your page, someone engages with your ad, someone engages with you online, you can now retarget them because now they're all put into an audience. Right. So there's multiple ways to go about it. But um, to that point with the list, yeah, you can just upload that and you run an ad back to them. No, that that's great. And yeah. it's. So what I'm taking away here is that there's a lot of different strategies just within Facebook. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, <laughs> I almost, I, I want to get into like some of the other social media, but yeah. this is, this is great. Yeah. Um, and there's so much to unpack here. Yeah. So one of the, one of the last questions that I, I have in regards to Facebook advertising yeah. is kind of, uh, you know, best practices and benchmarks, numbers, right? It's kind of like, what what have you experienced after you got your entire Facebook strategy put together? We got cold audience, we got warm, hot, mm -hmm. you know, you mentioned trust right. and keeping people engaged. Yep. And so there's a lot of different ways to target people, slice yep. and dice it. And you can even go so far as to upload those individuals yep. now into the platform and yep. say, serve this ad to find this, those people to this yep. individual. So mm -hmm. that's, uh, that's insane. Uh, <laughs> yep. but at any rate, you take all of that holistically, right. Yeah. And help us understand like an ROI model. Okay. Yep. Once you're up and running, you got some good experience and that type yep. of thing, you know, about how many dollars would you say is, is a good amount to promote one of your master classes, right? Yeah. And kind of, you know, what do you think, um, you know, the additional attendance might be and the additional revenue might be yeah. and kind of what your ROI might look like on that just in general terms. Yeah. And I mean, it, I mean, like you said, right, it, it varies based on mm -hmm. industry. First off, like based on right. industry, it varies completely. Right. So you're talking about someone like a dentist will see a completely different mm -hmm. ad spend budget, et cetera, ROI okay. than, you know, um, a personal coach. Right? Got it. Because there is um, how much explaining needs to be done. Right? Okay. If someone is a personal coach. You can see that ad online and be like, mm, I don't know what that really means. But if you see a dentist ad, you know what the dentist does. So it's going okay. to be cheaper. Right. Yeah. But with that being said, um, as far as as far as I get this question a lot, like what's a good budget? Okay. Right? Is, is, yeah. is, that, is that similar to like, yep, what's fair a good question? Budget? Yep. And, and that comes down to your situation. Sure. Because right? I get this question a lot. And um, on the low end, understand you can run ads online for a dollar a day, $5 a day, right? But also understand with that, it's more so a testing budget, right? Mm -hmm. you, you can win with a $5 a day budget. I've done it many times. However, it's more so what we use now for testing, right? To test audiences, test who ticks, who's, you know, who's, who's taking action. Because what, you, what, what you're going to realize is when you're spending five, maybe $10 a day, the 
the metrics won't change much until you start spending thousands, right? But that's of course a different a different ball game. But before you want to put thousands behind it, start low. You want to start low, run multiple ads, exactly. just watch them over test a period it. of time, test them, tweak test them, etc. Yep. And then you got the right the winning combination. Then ramp it up. I mean, because that's the key, right? So even wow. people enter okay. my program and they'll say. You know, I have this much money for ads. Let's start spending it. I'm like, oh, no, no. Even if you have that much, yeah. start low. Let's start, you know, five bucks a day. Let's test it. Let's find your audience. Let's find your offer, right? You have to have that offer audience match because, mm-hmm. you, again, you can have the best audience. If your offer isn't there, it's not going to work. If you have the best offer and no audience, it won't work, right? So that's why we fine-tune the offer first. Then we find your audience. Then we test, right? So even if you have this gigantic budget, start with a dollar a day, $5 a day, right? Test it to see what works, right? And then once you find what ticks, and at that point, you're almost getting paid to run ads because the name of the game is you spend $1, you make three. Did you really spend on ads? Or did you get paid to run ads? I I was just getting ready to say, like budget, when people say what kind of budget, it's Mm -hmm. like, I'm not sure what you're referring to because it's kind of like, we'll run ads and basically you'll tell us how much ultimately you want to make on your investment. Right. And, and I mean, <laughs> so that, I mean, how much, how much do you want to make? Right. And, and it's, and it's also what's, what's your situation, <laughs> yeah. right? If you're, if you're spending your last ultimate dollars on ads, then yeah, test out quite a bit. Mm-hmm. You know, don't go in there just blowing the bank on ads because you need to test first, right? Cause even if you blow the bank on ads and it works, it might not work the second time if you don't have a proven strategy behind it. Right. So that's why I always say, let's test it first. Test to see what works, find that audience, find that offer, and then we ramp up the spend, right? And once you ramp up the spend, that's when it becomes extremely fun. Fantastic. Thank you so much for for sharing all this. I learned a lot. I'm sure the audience learned a tremendous amount. So before we break, though, uh, one question I want to leave the audience with and understand a little bit more about is what's next for Cindy? Um, right now, uh, my pet project is the accelerator. That's okay. Like, that's like my baby, right? I'm, I'm fully involved with it. So I'm pushing that really, really heavily, um, because we're seeing so much growth there. Right. Okay. And, um, as far as that goes, that's on the business side of things. But, um, for, can you define that a little bit? What, what is the accelerator? Yeah. So the marketing accelerator, you know, long story short is, uh, it's a program where we teach entrepreneurs and business owners really essentially everything we talked about today, right? How to okay. use paid ads mm-hmm. to get customers, right? Taking someone from not knowing who you are to paying you money and doing business with you, right? Everything from creating the ad, right? Fine tuning your offer, finding that audience, which is going to resonate, right? To writing the ad copy, right? A lot of people get scared. I don't know how to write ad copy. There's a formula, <laughs> there's a formula behind it, okay. right? I, we teach all of it and all wow. the way down to the email marketing on the back end, right? Follow up to really getting them to convert, right? It's the full system that we ran on the agency side. And we teach that to our, uh, to our members. Yeah, no, that, that is, that's awesome. Um, and then of course, if someone's interested and they want to get involved with that, uh, where can they find you? How can they contact you? Yeah. So online, everything is at Senzi, right? So Instagram is just at Senzi, N S E N Z I Facebook, same thing, right? Senzi. Uh, but of course, if you want access to the masterclass, uh, go ahead and go to Senzi.com N S E N Z I.com. And right there on the front page, you'll find all the free information plus also the free masterclass to get access to. No, fantastic. Well, thank you so much for your time today. And thank you for tuning in. I really appreciate it. And yes, uh, I can speak from experience. I had the pleasure of attending one of the classes, uh, hour and a half. I got a lot out of it right out of the gate. And then I'm very excited about learning more. Again, this has been Greg DeKalb with the Science of Business Development. Thank you very much. Thank you.